Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting live 
tracking who we need to call this liberty. I can't tell you how many times I've helped people do this. 
all the way to folks that have been shooting forever. And uh, and everybody gets a refresher or a rock-solid foundation of rifle safety. On top of that, <clears throat> we're going to talk to you throughout the weekend about how our nation got here. You know, we can trace the birth of America down to a specific date, down to a specific hour, to a specific event. Not many nations can do that. We're one of the only nations that can trace that down to a specific uh, date and hour that we ourselves initiated. We weren't uh, granted uh, nationhood by some foreign body or any other country or anything. We did it ourselves. We're going to tell you about that date, about the folks involved, uh, who they were, what they did, why they did it, and what they had in mind for this nation after it become an independent nation. What they had in mind for it, what they what they meant for this nation to be. We're going to talk to you about the American Revolutionary War, which had a beginning and an ending. It was designed to achieve a certain goal, and when it did, it was over. And then we're going to talk to you about the American Revolution, which was never designed to end. It was designed to be uh, continually expanding freedoms for its American citizens and why that is important to you today. You're going to get a lot of stuff, and you're going to get it. This is the least expensive rifle course uh, that I know of in the nation today. Seventy bucks for two days. And, uh, that gets you a free T-shirt, too. And if you want to find out where we're doing this and uh, how you can get to one, you can go to our homepage. It's rwva.org, Romeo. WhiskeyVictorAlpha.org. That's our homepage, and I want to thank the guys uh, uh, who are involved in maintaining it and designing it and everything else. Bill Three on the forum and uh, uh, Kirby uh, and all of their their IT crew. I, we'll have uh, Bill and Kirby and the rest of the folks on uh, as a guest uh, in one of the, uh, the the future shows, so that we can talk to them about this and. And they can tell us a little bit about what they're doing and what uh, uh, what you guys can do to help them and help yourselves. But I want to thank them for doing such a great job on setting up our page and maintaining it. And uh, uh, if you go to rwva.org, you'll see a list of tabs across the top of the page. The second one from the left says Appleseed. You put your cursor on that, and you'll get a drop-down menu. On the drop-down menu, select Schedule. Now, when you get to that page, you'll see uh, a map of the United States. You can either select the state where you'd like to attend an event out of that map, or if you want to see uh, all of the events across the nation. Maybe you live in a uh, in a state, and it's uh, it could be convenient for you to jump across the border to another state and go to one of uh, the events that are held there, maybe closer. Then there's a hot link embedded in the text above the map that will show all of the events going on in the United States. So let me tell you right now, though, that every weekend of the year, every weekend of the year uh, at a location uh, within reasonable driving distance of you is an apple seed rifle marksmanship event. We're, we're nationwide, and the Apple Seed Project is a, a grassroots, uh, all-volunteer, not-for-profit organization uh, dedicated to teaching you, the American citizen, how to properly uh, 
fire your rifle. <clears throat> All right, when you get to the uh, to the locations area, I want you to take a look at that, and then what I want you to do is don't just uh, don't just be a looky loo. Don't just peruse the available locations and think about how at some time in the uh, uh, the vague uh, future that you might attend one of these because that does you no good. All right, you could uh, you could also consider how at some uh, point in the vague uh, future. Uh, that you might get something to eat, or you might uh, uh, do whatever. The point I'm trying to make is uh, is a lot of times our lives are have these uh, bumps in them that are things that we wish we would have done. We wish we wish we would have done that. Wish I could have done that. I should have done that when I had the chance. Uh, blah blah blah, etc. And don't let this be one of those. Take this opportunity to go ahead and select a location, select a date, and say, "By gosh, I'm going to I'm going to go on this date. I'm going to go get uh, my father's Garand, or I'm going to go get my uncle's rifle, or I'm going to go buy a rifle, and I'm going to learn to shoot. I'm an American. It's my right. It's my heritage. It's my responsibility. I'm going to learn to shoot. I'm going to learn to shoot because I want to uh, to make a." Uh, a good shot when I'm hunting. As a as a hunter, you have a responsibility to make a clean shot when you're hunting. Uh, as a sportsman, you have a responsibility to understand how to safely operate your firearms. Uh, if you are uh, in law enforcement or military, or just you just want to understand that it's your responsibility to defend yourself and your loved ones, then you want to know how to do that. You want to know how to make the shot when it counts. We're going to show you how. We're going to show you how to make the shot when it counts. We're going to teach you all of the things in this weekend that you're going to need to set you on the path to becoming a rifleman. Now, one of the ways that that we determine a rifleman is a person that can shoot to the score of 210 or above on the old Army qualification test. You have to use something in order to diagnose your, uh, your the progress of the uh, instruction, to diagnose your skills, see what skill level you're at. We use the old Army qualification test. It's a uh, uh, it is a test where you shoot in uh, four courses of fire. Each course of fire has ten rounds, and you use three positions: two prone, one sitting, and one standing. And at the end of that 40-round course, you should be able to determine how well the uh, instruction has sunk in on you and how, to what degree you have learned uh, to use those skills and techniques that we've been teaching you. And if you shoot to 210 or above, then you're considered to, uh, to have shot to rifleman standards, which is great. But I'll tell you another thing. Shooting to 210 above on the AQT, while while it satisfies the qualifications for you having shot the rifleman standards, it doesn't make you a rifleman. 
a rifleman is it's a philosophy it's a way of life you have to understand that being a rifleman means you're accepting a lot of different responsibilities you're accepting the responsibility to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that were handed to you by those who came before you. They were handed to them by those that came before them in an unbroken line back to the founders. Now, when I say defend the freedoms and liberties uh, that have been given to you, I'm not talking about uh, defending the freedoms and liberties given to you uh, using the barrel of a rifle. A rifleman knows when to use the rifle and when to use their mind. And the founders, the folks who did fight, who did shed their blood, who did stand in ranks in 1775 and for eight long bloody years afterwards, They did so so that we would never have to do it again. They left us other options than the rifle. And those are the options that, as a rifleman, you're going to consider and you're going to accept the responsibility for using. We're going to talk to you about that, too, at the event. Coming to an apple seed is not – going to an apple seed is not a thing that's easy to explain. Uh, Yeah, it's about marksmanship in the beginning, and it's a very simple thing to do because you're going to you're going to set a goal for yourself of improving your rifle marksmanship, and by the end of the weekend, you're going to meet and then exceed that goal. You are going to become a better rifle marksman. It's guaranteed. And then you're going to think about what goes along with that. And normally, once you set a goal for yourself and you succeed in attaining that goal, the follow-on question in your mind is, what's next? All right? I did this. I set a goal. I achieved it. And I'm fired up now. So what's next? What's my next goal? What next? What goal can I next set for myself and then attain it? That's what most Americans do. That's the way they think. And we'll help guide you onto your next goal. Now, we're not going to tell you everything as an American that you're supposed to do because you're an American. Americans don't need to be told everything that they have to do. Uh, Americans are, uh, at least they were at one time, absolutely fantastic self-starters. You have a nation that that was people, for the most part, by folks who wanted something better. And whether they came across with the pilgrims or they came at later later dates, you have the the fact that most of the people who came to America were were people who were willing to do uh to do great things in order to ensure that they would have success. They would uh they would pack up everything. They would get on a ship and sail to America and start over here, build a new life for themselves. And they did that over and over in waves. So America is peopled by folks who are willing to accept great challenges in order to better themselves and their and their loved ones. 
And that's what we do, and that's what we're asking you to do, is to accept your responsibility, accept your heritage of wanting to make things better for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones, for your community, for your city, for your state, for your nation. And that's what a rifleman does. All right. I told you where to go to uh, find a uh, a nearby location. And I've told you why you should go. And I hope that you will do that. All right. Now, I finally got... Uh, I finally got... I didn't get my regular chat program to open, but I did get uh, the show page chat to open. I'm in a constant battle, uh, a constant software battle with uh, with my computer and the internet, etc., to get this thing working. And <clears throat> so I can see the chat now, and uh, I want to thank everybody who has uh, turned in. Welcome to all you guys, and thanks for participating in the chat. Thanks for listening to the show. And if you have any questions, uh, you can type into the chat, and I'll do my best to answer them. And at the beginning of each show, what we always invite you guys to do is to call in at 347-308-8790. 347-308-8790. You can call in, follow the record instructions, and listen to the uh, uh, or answer the call screener. When he opens your mic, he's going to open it off air, so you don't have to worry about anybody hearing you. And he'll ask you uh, what you want to talk about, so that we can, uh, so that we can, we can know what you want to talk about. Or if you don't, if you just want to listen, just say, "I'm just, I'm just calling in to listen." But we'd like for you to call in and give your local crews uh, a pat on the back for the work that they're doing. Uh, Appleseed is is a fantastic organization, and like I said, it's all volunteer. Nobody's getting paid to do this. But sometimes a pat on the back is is good payment, and uh, and I got to say that uh, though we do a lot of things well, one of the things that we don't do well is uh, is thank everybody. And I consider everyone in the Appleseed program to be one of my family members. Now that doesn't mean I love everybody in the program. I don't always love or get along with all of my family members, but they're still family members, and uh, and I'm thankful for every one of them, and I'm thankful for the jobs that they do, and I'm thankful for the folks that, even if all you can give is uh, one weekend a year, then, my gosh, I'm grateful to you for that. I would like to, to take my hand out and shake your hand and tell you thank you. Uh, certainly we need more than that. If we can get more than that for everybody, it's great. More than we can get from that, the better. But if that's what you did, then I want to tell you thanks. I want to tell you thank you. Uh, tonight I'm going to tell uh, Paul Seeley, Astronaut 3 from Amarillo, thank you, because uh, not only is he a dedicated shoot boss and does a great job, along with Tom Dameron uh, up in Amarillo and the rest of the Amarillo crews that are up there in the uh, the Great Plains up there, uh, I want to tell them all thanks for the job they do up there. But I want to tell Paul thanks because uh, when Paul uh, heard that I'd got banged up, he uh, he loaded up his gear in his truck and 
came down here. Even though I told him, not, even though I told him not to, he went ahead and did it. He came down. He's been a fantastic uh, help to me this week, and let me and helped me to get uh, several projects that I was working on uh, uh, completed. Projects that I already had planned for this time of the year, but uh, obviously with uh, with all my broken bones, I'm not doing too great a job on. So mostly. I just uh, I assist Paul by just talking to him while he's doing the work uh, and uh, or yelling at me for trying to do the work. But I want to tell Paul thanks because it's been a great help to have him here. It's always a great, uh, whether, I, whether I need help from him or not, it's always great uh, to speak with Paul. Paul is extremely intelligent, very knowledgeable on all aspects of uh, uh, of the the technical side of rifle marksmanship. Uh, he's a great guy to speak to as far as uh, as knowing why and how uh, things work uh, as far as uh, bullet trajectory, different types of rifles, and how and uh, when they were made, why they work the way they do, etc. So it's a vast uh, uh, storage center of info for that. So it's always great to speak to him about that but also for the help that he's given me. He helped me put uh, a uh, large storage system in my cellar today, which I had planned for uh, the first two weeks in January. I said, well, you know, I'm going to try and get this done in the evenings when I get through with work because I wanted to uh, store uh, some of my uh, prepping gear there for emergency situations and stuff because the cellar has a a nice, cool, ambient uh, temperature there. And uh, it's a great place to store uh, stuff that you don't want to uh, experience heat or cold extremes. And uh, and he did that for me. He set up the shelf. And the way I've got it set up is so that uh, I can store all of my stuff in there up off the floor. But if there were an occasion where my family and I had to retreat to the cellar in order to uh, escape from severe weather, say a tornado or hurricane, then I could very quickly take this stuff off of the shelves, and the shelves could be used uh, as uh, bunks for my family and I. So thank you to Paul for coming down. Thanks for the job that he does in Amarillo, and uh, thank you to Paul for coming and and helping uh, me finish this project. And uh, certainly if any of you guys... uh, have any questions about uh, about rifle stuff? Uh, and you're on the forum. You can PM Ashran03 uh, on the forum, and uh, I'm sure he would love to uh, help you figure some rifle project out. And like I said, he's very knowledgeable uh, about his craft, and uh, and he's retired, so he has a lot of uh, time to devote to it. And he's working on a project. Uh, and the Rifle Knowledge Bank, and he's putting together the uh, the data for IMC for all, for I guess every rifle he's coming across, so that they can put together the the rifle data for the different sight radiuses on all the different rifles. <clears throat> so if you check out the uh, Rifle Knowledge Bank, I believe it's I could be giving you the uh, the wrong data on that, but uh, uh, but if I do uh, 
just uh, look for Paul Stevens' post because uh, I think he's also asking for measurements for different rifles for their sight radiuses so that he can do. He's also he's a retired engineer, and uh, so he's doing the mathematical calculations to get all the uh, the data for that. So it would be a great place for you to go and find it when you need it for certain rifles. The different uh, barrel length ARs, uh, all of the different rifles, the uh, infields and AKs, everything else that uh, that they make and that we come across. He's putting together the uh, the data for that. So, <clears throat> uh, all right, and. Uh, and once again, if uh, you guys want to call in and thank some of your local crew, and and, and I don't know uh, why uh, the call screener and I always are amazed by this because uh, I paid uh, I have to pay almost fifty bucks a month now for the uh, for the uh, radio services here. So that I could secure us uh, 50 uh, lines for 50 calling lines, because I said, you know what? Whenever I ask for people to call in and give uh, a pat on the back to their local guys, call screener, we are gonna get a flood. So we're gonna get 50 lines, and uh, I can tell you right now that he and I both are always amazed uh, that that we don't get uh, 50 on the line and another 50 uh, being turned away. So <clears throat> be sure and give us a call in at 347-308-8790. 347-308-8790. And thank your local crew. And it doesn't have to be just thanks. If you want to call in, and you want to uh, you want to tell folks about an upcoming uh, event you're having? We'll listen to that. If you got a question about something, we'll take your questions. Uh, if you have uh, a project that you're working on, say you uh, you and your uh, maybe a fellow apple feeder or something, you're putting together some type of a commercial thing, and. Uh, and you're going to offer these services out to the general public, then then we want to give you a plug on here. And we're doing it for free, Blog Talk. We're not asking for any money for this, so don't uh, don't come after us. What we want to do is give all of our Appleseed brothers and sisters a chance to uh, uh, to get their information out. Because if if I can get a service from a another Appleseed member, then that's where I'm going to go first before I go anywhere else. I want to uh, stay within our family and to uplift and help any of our family members. That reminds me, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Call Screener has a list of our current folks. Uh, that would be uh, Jimmy with Desert Eagle Farms. He's got uh, long-term food. And you guys, and I think it should be every one of you guys, should realize that uh, I'm not talking about the end of the world or aliens or asteroids or anything like that. I'm talking about every single person uh, in America at some time or another are probably going to end up needing food during some kind of emergency situation. 
And if you don't have it, you're going to be hurting. And if you want to get it, then get it from one of our Appleseed brothers or sisters. Okay, he just put it into the uh, the chat. It's uh, www.deserteaglefarms, one word, D-E-S-E-R-T-E-A-G-L-E-F-A-R-M-S dot M-Y-E foods dot com. All right? You can get uh, food with uh, 20 plus years shelf life there. And I'm telling you, folks, you're going to need it. At some point in our future, you're going to need it. I would make sure that just as I have fire extinguishers and health insurance and home insurance, uh, I would have food insurance. That means food that I know is going to be there when I need it. This is uh, this isn't uh, some uh, some far out idea. All right, all of our all of the folks, uh, even just 50 years ago, all of them knew this. They understood this. Everybody's cellars was filled with canned goods because they knew there could come a time when they would need food and they couldn't go to the grocery store and get it. Folks, we got three days of groceries on the grocery store shelves right now. Three days. Something happens to interrupt uh, transportation or interrupt the arrival of food supplies, and there's none unless you had the foresight to prepare for this, all right? Don't end up standing on top of your house with a sign hanging around your neck that says, Save me. Do a little bit of your homework. Do a little bit of preparation to save yourself, all right? That's part of your responsibility as an American. All right, and then another thing that I want to tell you about, because Paul Seelan and I have been discussing this, and uh, you see two guys that, uh, uh, two guys like Paul and I sitting around talking about uh, uh, skin conditioner and and face soap and stuff like that. It's kind of uh, funny, but at the same time, it's not, because if you go to uh, bluefeather.bizhosting.com, You'll find uh, Blue, Blue Feather and Taos Glock, uh, two absolutely fantastic uh, shoot bosses in the uh, Appleseed Project. They're great folks. Besides being excellent instructors, they are absolutely salt of the earth. And uh, they are uh, also one of their many, many talents is they make uh, handmade, homemade soap. And the soap is made in the old-fashioned way. That today, when you get a bar of soap, you wash your hands with it. Cause I, and I know this because I do it all the time. I get a bar of soap and I wash my hands with it, and they get kind of clean. But if you look at your hands uh, 15 minutes later when they dried out, you'll see kind of like a white film over the top. That's the skin that's, that's dead and cracking. And you know what happens after that is I go out and I work, and I get some oil uh, and stuff on my hands, and it goes straight into all the cracks, and then it's permanent, all right? I've got permanent, uh, like, fingerprints that show from the oils and the fluids and stuff getting into my cracked and chapped hands. When I use the soaps from uh, Tiles Glock and Blue Feather, that doesn't happen because their soaps are made in the old-fashioned way. They've got oils and stuff in them. When I use those soaps on my hands, my hands are absolutely uh, they're fantastic. And the uh, same thing on my face. I used to use their soaps uh, to shave with. And the only reason I say, I say used to is because I haven't uh, grabbed another bar lately, and I just ran out of my last 
50 cent size piece of the soap. So I'll have to be contacting them to get some more. Anyway, fantastic soap. And they also make shaving soap now for you guys who would like to uh, uh, to use a soap to shave your face. And that's another thing. As a prepper, uh, you should have a uh, a good straight razor, a strop, and some shaving soap, all right, if you want to keep your face clean. That's another thing that you need to think about. We've got uh, Backwoods Home Magazine, which has always been a supporter of uh, Appleseed. They also carry the uh, articles uh, by Masad Ayub, who uh, has done some great articles on Appleseed. That's uh, BackwoodsHome.com. They give a a ton of information about uh, prepping and, uh, uh, and living your life uh, off the grid, etc. We've got InTheRabbitHole.com, and this is a bit of a different spin on prepping because these folks uh, come at prepping from the perspective of uh, starting out in an urban situation, uh, which a great many of Americans do now. They're living in a town, and there, if they uh, if they happen to encounter a cessation of services, a tornado, hurricane, something that disrupts the economy and society, and they're in the city, then a lot of the stuff that they're going to face is discussed on InTheRabbitHole.com. They've also got they've got the website. Uh, they've got a uh, a podcast. It's a great podcast. A lot of great gear. A lot of great interviews with folks. Uh, we've got uh, <clears throat> sheriffmac.com. Sheriffmac.com. That is the website <clears throat> for former sheriff, former Arizona sheriff, Sheriff uh, Richard Mack. And when I talk to folks at an Appleseed event, uh, a lot of the folks. In America today, thinking, look, I'm just one person. I'm just one person. What am I going to do? What am I, as one person, going to do to have any effect on the nation? Why don't you ask Sheriff Richard Mack that? Uh, he was our guest a, a while back. And Sheriff Richard Mack is one person, and yet he stopped. He put his finger in the dike. He built a dam across the uh, Brady Bill River that was getting ready to flood America, him as one person, he took his concerns uh, to the Supreme Court of the United States, and he stopped them. One guy, all right? So if you're interested in what one guy can do, then go to uh, SheriffMack.com, because he, he's getting together now with, a, uh, with other county sheriffs across the nation, to help them understand the concept of the county sheriff being the highest law enforcement official in the county. The highest law enforcement official in the county. That means no other, nobody, no other federal officials, nobody else is higher than the county official, than the county sheriff, I mean. And, and this idea... This project is gaining ground, all right? And any help that you can give to him is great. And he does uh, radio interviews. He's doing a lot of speaking engagements in order to push this idea forward, forward so that the county sheriff can be the, the, the law enforcement protector of the county, all right? 
Uh, we've got uh, ConstitutionQuest.com. That's a game put together by one of our Appleseed members that is an absolutely fantastic game that can teach you, your family, your friends, uh, the how to understand the Constitution, how to understand what it says, what it does, why it does it, and how it does it. <clears throat> and one of the great things about it is that it works just like the Constitution, all right? Uh, it's going to make you make decisions based on what the Constitution says, and then uh, if there are problems that have to be worked out, then it has to be worked out in the fashion that the Constitution spells out. The game itself, the board, is absolutely beautiful. It's heirloom quality work that they've done, and uh, they're supporters of the Appleseed Project, and they're Appleseed uh, Project members. So and I'm going to get him to come on the show again because uh, because he was a great guest, and uh, his whole family are educators, and that's what started them thinking this. His whole family were educators. They went, he went to an Appleseed uh, before he went into the military, and then and then started thinking more and more about what what could he do as an American to uh, to be re- to to safeguard the rights and privileges that uh, that living in this nation affords him. What could he do? And nobody had to go and tell him. What to do? Nobody had to. He didn't have to 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 ask me what should I do, Scout. What should I do to help safeguard the nation? What can I do? What can my part be? Uh, he sat around and talked to his family about it. They're all educators, and they said, "Hey, what if we educated the American public about the Constitution?" Because I tell you right now, you can talk to a hundred folks out on the street, and if you get one out of the one hundred that could answer five out of ten questions about the uh, the Constitution of the United States correctly, uh, you're going to be absolutely uh, – you're going to be very lucky. So, uh, so getting this game is a great way for you to learn yourself. And like I said, it's not a dry thing about what does this say or what does this say. It's, uh, it's can this be done? And if it is, how is it done? How can you get it? It asks you questions, and it asks you to figure out how to get something done on how to protect the Constitution and how to work within the boundaries of the Constitution. So it's a fantastic game. I think several of the folks have have purchased it, and uh, we're going to get him on to the the program again. and uh, the website for Sheriff Max, uh, for Sheriff Max organization is www.cspoa.org. That's uh, cspoa.org. That's the Constitutional Sheriff's Project of America. And uh, take a look at that. See what it says, and then see uh, what you read it. Uh, uh, it. It'll explain itself. And and when you do read it, you'll see why it's so important. Why it's so important. County sheriffs have been 
have been taking stands in the different uh, states around the nation, uh, and they've even been butting heads with the federal officers and telling the federal officers, you're not going to come into my county and do X, Y, Z without either alerting me that you're going to do this or in some cases they just forbidden them to come and do things which they consider to be outside of their jurisdiction, to be constitutionally illegal or incorrect. And if every county sheriff in America were uh, privy to this information and they were on board, I can guarantee you uh, our nation would would make a fundamental sea change. So go to uh, cspoa.org, take a look at what they're saying, and see if there's any way you can plug in to help. All right? When we talk to folks on Sundays at the end of a uh, of an apple seed, one of the things we do is call the the benediction, and that's where we talk to folks uh, about about where they go from there. All right. And now the first thing that we're we're obviously going to tell you is that we need you to become a part of Appleseed. All right, because Appleseed is is a huge Paul Revere type machine. All right. It is before somebody is going to to do something to help the nation, they got to get up off the couch. They got to get off the couch and understand that they have to do something. And that's what we do. We get them up off the couch. Uh we give them an easy uh I don't say it's easy because we're asking folks to shoot to 4 minute of arc accuracy, which is which is a pretty sturdy requirement. But we tell them that we want them to set a goal of a uh improving their rifle marksmanship and they do. And they have achieved that goal and now they understand that their life needs to be a series of setting goals and achieving them and then accepting the responsibility of being an American which means that you are one of the folks in the first paragraph which says we the people of these United States and it's your job to plug yourself in and be part of the governing body of uh, of the nation we talk to folks at the Appleseed events we tell them that the the president is not the government. The senators and congressmen are not the government. The different uh, acron- uh, alphabet acronym agencies are not the government. The government are those folks who showed up that day to listen to the message. They're the government, and they need to accept the responsibility of helping to run the nation. These folks uh, are the folks that we would like to become part of the Appleseed Project and help us continue to pass it on and wake up the rest of their neighbors and wake up the rest of their neighbors. That's the whole idea of the Appleseed Project. And once they're awake, then they can become uh, part of the solution. And we're going to try and guide folks, point them in the right directions to go to, at the Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship events at the, during the benediction. I tell folks about Sheriff Mack. I tell folks about the Tenth Amendment group. I tell folks about getting involved in politics uh, on the local level. Now, Appleseed itself does not endorse or talk about politics in, 
in any earlier form than in uh, 1775. But that's the way things run in this nation. And if you need to become involved yourself in politics to get something done, then we encourage you to do that. We encourage you to become involved in uh, the local primaries and school board elections and and uh, all the different bond uh, uh, hearings, making sure that you're voting in every votable election, making sure that you're contacting your senators, your congressmen, and uh, making them understand that you are not their servant to go to them on bended knee to beg a boon from them, that they serve at your leisure and that they are there to do your bidding. But first they have to know what your bidding is. They have to know what your needs are, what your desires are, and it's your duty to let them know. And then it's your duty to follow through and see if they do listen to what you say, if they do make the right decisions, if they do do the right things. And if they don't, then it's your duty to get rid of them and get somebody who will. That's all part of the apple seed message. That's all part of what we're asking folks to become involved in. All right? So how do you get involved? How do you become an Appleseed member? How do you get involved in helping? Well, you can. Uh, there's a there's a whole list of different ways that you can get involved. Uh, one of my favorites, because it's the route that I took, is by going to a rifleman's boot camp. And that these are the events that are set up around the nation where you go and you spend eight full days learning first to shoot, then learning how to teach shooting and then actually teaching at an event. And uh, the, this gives you uh, a really solid foundation to carry you through your, the rest of your uh, apple seed path. Uh, if you don't do that, you can go to an instructor boot camp. That's where you go to a, an apple seed, you shoot the rifleman standards, uh, and then you go to an instructor boot camp, which teaches you how to teach the apple seed skills and techniques, and then uh, and then you teach at an event the following weekend, and then you just keep uh, teaching yourself and being taught by others uh, over the next uh, few months, and you will progress up to hopefully to full instructor and then to shoot boss where you're running your own events. And the last way is you can go to an apple seed rifle marksmanship event, shoot to rifleman standards. Come back to another event, shoot to rifleman standards again to uh, to prove that you've got what it takes. Go up to the shoot boss there, ask to become uh, an instructor in training. They'll give you the hat, and you will learn at additional rifle at additional appleseed courses uh, how to become an appleseed rifle marksmanship instructor. Now that takes a little bit longer because. You're doing it one event at a time. But those are the, the three ways you can do that. Now, if you want to just help out <clears throat> and you don't have any interest in becoming an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Instructor, then we still have plenty of places for everybody who wants to help in any way. We've got Apple Corps. That's the uh, non-shooting side of the instruction of the uh, uh, membership. These are folks with the blue hats. They help out in admin. They help secure locations. They help with promotions. They help with uh, about every single thing you can think of. They are just folks who've decided that uh, either they would rather just do that, or they don't. 
uh, feel comfortable with the rifle marksmanship instruction or they don't have the time to do uh, the four to six events a year, something like that, then there's a place for them. And you don't have to have a hat, all right? You can just be uh, a person that says, you know, I, I can't do any of that, but what I can do is I can help out this way. I can help out by devoting a couple of hours uh, uh, a week or a month to helping out with uh, IT stuff. Or I can help with uh, going on to uh, uh, different areas and posting for events or helping with promotions, something like that. We've got room for every single person, uh, every single person who would like to help in any way, all right? Uh, you want to help out? You you ask anybody uh, uh, on the forum. You email me, anybody, and we've got a place for you. All right, and it's not going to be. You don't have to worry. Nobody's going to uh, slap a chain on your ankle and uh, have you cranking out uh, uh, 250 tennis shoes a day. Uh, we'll we'll work with you. Whatever you can give is what we need, all right? <clears throat> okay, uh, once again, if any of you guys want to call and say thank you to one of your local crew, if you would like to uh, let us know of an upcoming event, or if you want to tell us about uh, a new venture you're running that you want to help, uh, that you want uh, your Appleseed brothers and sisters to be aware of, if you're... Uh, if you have some product or service, then uh, we'll be more than willing to give you uh, a, what boost we can here on the radio show. And uh, and it's really not that uh, small of a thing because uh, I was looking at the data sent to me by, uh, by Blog Talk, and uh, the show is uh, it's it's no small uh, no small thing anymore, not like it used to be. Uh, we have several thousand listeners uh, uh, a week to the show, and uh, uh, we've got uh, usually uh, uh, several hundred, uh, between from several hundred to a thousand that will listen live, and then several more thousand that listen to archive. We have now, we have way over... Uh, uh, Way past, I don't, don't know how many it is now, but way past 100,000 downloads of the show. Uh, about 150,000 uh, folks who have checked out the show. And <clears throat> let's see, we just uh, we just had our three-year anniversary. Okay, I think I I think I started in uh, November. Or December of uh, 2009. So we've had three years of shows. I think I've only missed uh, uh, maybe uh, two or three shows at the most. And uh, other than that, myself and the call screener are here every Thursday, uh, 7 to 9 p.m., uh, ready to uh, to do what we can to... Uh, to answer questions, to bring you information. And uh, also, uh, if there's anything that you guys, there's any particular guest that you would like to see, 
on the show, any particular uh, subject uh, subject that you want covered, then we are more than willing uh, to listen. And if it's something that we can do, we'll be glad to uh, work it out. If there's some uh, uh, some author, uh, some politician, uh, some rifle person, and we've had a ton of folks on the show, and uh, and we gain more credibility uh, every month, which means we can ask uh, we can ask more you know more folks to come on the show because we've got a great record so far. Uh, we've got we've had uh, the Knox family on. Uh, uh, from uh, the Knox report, and uh, and they are great guests. We've had Masad Ayub on. We've had uh, several senators and congressmen on. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was going to ask uh, Senator Jim Tomes from uh, Indiana to come on. Uh, this in the next uh, week or two to talk about how his uh, service has been. We've had uh, uh, several authors on. Uh, David Hackett Fisher was on week before last, and he's been on a, a couple of times. And <clears throat> uh, if there's somebody from the Appleseed program that you would like to have on, somebody that uh, you'd like to have as a guest so that uh, if you can find out specific information from them, somebody like a Savage Shooter, if you want to talk about listing events or uh, 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 Bill 3 or Kirby, if you want to talk about uh, tech stuff or uh, Rifle Woman or Eventbrite, anybody that you'd like to uh, to have on or find out uh, more information from, we'll be glad to put those folks on. So be sure and send in any recommendations. You can either post them on the forum on the uh, radio uh, thread there, or uh, uh, or you can send me an email or a PM. Kirby said he wants to get Ted Nugent on. Well, listen, I, you know, several years ago I joined Ted Nugent's forum so that uh, I could try and uh, and end up getting him on, and maybe we will. Uh, I tell you who we might uh, have a good chance of getting on uh, very soon is uh, Charlie Daniels. I think that I talked to you guys about uh, about an upcoming film from Heartland Pictures that uh, that Appleseed was involved with. We went up to uh, Fredericksburg and we put on an uh, Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event so that uh, they could be filmed. And while we were there, we talked about Appleseed, and we talked about uh, ways that Appleseed can help the nation. And uh, and that film is now about ready to be released. I just, uh, I just got a call from uh, uh, Anita and Heartland Pictures asking for uh, the rest of the information for the credit and for uh, they're having a uh, they've got a website with a bio page, and uh, I think I told you guys that uh, that we actually got Charlie Daniels to narrate the the uh, film, and uh, not only that, but he wrote a song 
he wrote the theme song for it. And I think he's going to debut that in Nashville uh, really soon. The song is great, and Charlie Daniels did a great job uh, on doing this, and it's going to be filled with all the folks that you know. The film has, uh, oh, good grief. It's got a long list of folks now, including uh, lots of uh, American three- and four-star generals, senators, congressmen, uh, Larry Pratt uh, from uh, Gun Owners of America. Uh, uh, It's got a ton of folks in it, and it has Appleseed in it. So, and Appleseed is... uh, uh, is listed as one of the solutions for uh, for healing the nation. So that's coming out really soon, and uh, they sent me a trailer of it, a real rough trailer of it, and it's absolutely, the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, in one of the scenes, they, they have, uh, they recreated the Washington, Crossing the Delaware, and that remember we talked we talked about this from uh, 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 David Hackett Fisher's uh, appearance because we were talking about the battles of uh, uh, Trenton and Princeton and Washington's crossing the Delaware. Anyway, in one of the scenes they recreated that, and the it's absolutely gorgeous. They also recreated the uh, the. Scenes from the Alamo, and uh, did a great job there too, here in Texas. And uh, the movie looked like it is like it's turning out really excellent. Uh, and it's grown so big now that it's going to be a three-part trilogy. And, uh, and I'm really excited about it. And now I also know that uh, that the folks in Colorado are doing absolutely, uh, what sounds like to me, an absolutely fantastic job of arranging for uh, for Appleseed to be included in uh, part of a uh, video project that is going to be running for the, in the, for the prepping community and then also for, for everybody on... Uh, Everybody with access to uh, TV, and I think this is very important because <clears throat> prepping and the pre- prepping community now has gone mainstream. That means it's no longer no longer are you considered to be uh, a tinfoil hat person if you think that maybe your family should be able to survive without uh, the help of the power company and the government and everybody else. If you think that that you should take an active part in ensuring your family's uh, uh, safety and welfare uh, and you're considered a prepper, that's gone mainstream now. And I'm telling you that uh, if we, uh, if Appleseed uh, worked hard about about uh, about attaching itself to the growth uh, that the prepping community is getting ready to have. And at the same time, we work just as hard to insert ourselves into the homeschooling communities. I'm telling you, we would be set for the next decade. So 
my hat's off to, uh, I believe it's Kim and Tim in Colorado. I could have gotten that wrong. If I do, I apologize for that. But uh, I was just working off my, my my memory, which isn't so great, after I cracked myself in the head with the tree. Uh, <clears throat> all right, so Ted Nugent, I don't know. But uh, Charlie Daniels, I bet we can get him on and uh, get him to talk about his part in uh, in the movie. All right. So anybody else that uh, anybody else that you guys would like to have on, uh, please let me know because the show is is not to make me happy. All right. Uh, I'm glad when the two things coincide, when me doing doing the show and me being happy, having to work out. Uh, uh, together, the show is for you guys. I mean, the show is to uh, to make sure that you guys are getting the information that you need and you want, and that uh, the show is making. Uh, if it's not making you happy, at least it's informing you. So, any ideas you have, uh, shoot them to me, and uh, we'll be glad to to put them in front of. Uh, of you guys. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> now, what we want to talk about is tonight, and, uh, and remember, if you'd like to call in, we'll still be willing to uh, to take your calls, uh, 347-308-8790, 347-308-8790. We'll be glad to take your calls and, uh, and get you on the air. Let's uh, take a call right now. Uh, uh, hold on, I got uh, seven, area code 760, you're on the air? Area code 760-500, uh, you're on the air? Now, if you don't want to talk, don't, you don't have to hang up. We'll, uh, we'll just put you back on hold. But if you'd like to talk, then we'd love to have you. Got anything to say? Uh, no, Scott, I was just listening to your radio. Oh, who is this? Uh, this is uh, Justin. Hey, Justin, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. I'm up here in uh, Las Vegas at the Shot Show. Uh, well, give us a run. Give us a, a quick rundown. I won't. I won't uh, torture you and hold you on the line forever. But give us a quick uh, rundown on the Shot Show. Oh, you know what? This place is overwhelmingly huge. It's like the the, the a gun show that doesn't end. I you know I don't know where it start where it starts and where it ends. Just trying to trudge my way through and hit all the. Uh, all the, uh, the 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 major manufacturers and and you know tr- look at all the new things and see you know try all the new items. It's a pretty good time. How many tables are there? Do you think? Do you know? Oh, I I I went through the the ten thousand sections today. I know, and that doesn't even include. Oh my uh, gosh! I, that doesn't even include the law enforcement side and uh, the uh, military uh, rooms because those are separate rooms. Man, you know, I was just talking to. Uh, uh, to Paul, we were talking about this the other day about going to gun shows and stuff like that because <clears throat> it's been so long since I've been to anything other than uh, than one of the local ones. And and the local ones to me are even uh, the last time I went, I took my kids, and uh, and it was pretty time consuming. And there were only 400 tables, and uh, it took me a, a great deal of time. The kids got worn out, and then we started getting dirty looks from everybody because I got two younger kids that. Or like raccoons, and they couldn't keep their hands off stuff. And uh, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be. And Paul was talking about the the larger events that are 
uh, like 1,800 or 2,400 tables. And uh, now you're talking about 10,000 tables. Uh, oh, I don't know how you could do it. It's you know it, it's we we made an an agenda before we even arrived because there's just no way you're going to see everything. Well, is a are you there as part of the Appleseed crew? Are you are you working? Uh, uh, are you actually working there? Or are you just uh, sightseeing? Well, I brought um, a, a good grip of trifolds. There's a. Uh, there's that precision and uh, tactical shop that's uh, out of, uh, I believe, Arizona. That uh, they've got some flyers as well, and they're doing their best to represent. Uh, but uh, uh, it, mostly, I'm here because I'm affiliated with a, uh, a gun shop. Okay, well, no problem. I mean, you're still, like you said, if you got trifles in your pocket, you're ready to go. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, there's been, I've ran into a couple. Uh, uh, who did I run into? Uh, a couple people from the Nevada area, uh, some of the, the local, and, and they're here too. And seeing a couple of the uh, the RWVA uh, Isaac Davis patches around, and some Rifleman patches around. So there's definitely a, uh, a population here. Well, great. Well, Justin, thanks for. I'm not going to hang up on you. I'll just I'll put you back on hold if you don't want to. If you don't want to give us it. Well, before I do though, let me just ask you what's so. You, you didn't see everything, but out of your uh, walk out there uh, today, what was uh, what was the high point of it? What did you what did you see that you said wow about? Well, you know what I'm 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 gonna go into the, to two things. Um, first, I saw that uh, let's see, Savage put out a uh, a nice little bolt action rifle. Highly adjustable sights with an accuracy trigger to try to uh, compete with the cricket. It's uh, you know, and and that's going to be right out of the box great. And, wow. Uh, and the uh, the Mossberg, the Plinkster that they put that clam um, AR style um, um, body around. I mean, it's it, it you're getting what you're paid for for that because I, I believe the retail is about three hundred or so, but that's a that that's a pretty interesting little piece of gear too. Well, you know the uh, did you say that the sights were really good on the uh on the Savage? Yes, there there uh there's actual knobs, windage knobs and elevation knobs as opposed to you know how the Cricket is, you know, and the, the Cricket is great because it's so cheap and it's a good first rifle for kids, but I always felt that they were getting the shaft on the sights, you know. And, and 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 I hate to say this because I love the 1022 and I love Ruger products, but with with it being on the cheap side, it's it, you know they they do kind of get the the low end on the sides, but you know and but this uh, this Savage is going to you know kind of rival that a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's excellent because, like I say, the, the I like the cricket. As a matter of fact, I bought crickets for my kids, but uh, and now I've traded them off as. Uh, as they've gotten older, now they've got uh, the Ruger 1022s, and when, and Ruger 22, 1022 isn't the the be all end all. It's just it's just that I, I wanted to pick one system that I could, uh, you know, with uh, with all the parts and everything else that I had. But I think that the the cricket, I think that uh, the kids kind of get a shaft on that deal. <clears throat> So I'm excited to uh, to see a new product like that for the kids because right now the cricket is one of the is one of the 
it's not the only one. It's just one of the uh, one of the best as far as price and simplicity and stuff like that. But uh, that sounds like a great deal. What's the second thing? Um, yeah, it was between that Mossberg Plinkster that they put the AR uh, the AR clamshell thing around and and that uh, and that Savage. Those two are great. You know, I, wow. I kind of keep an I keep kind of keep an eye out as far as uh, the 22 line goes because they're just so popular. And I, you know, I'm continually looking for something that is the the low price but a semi-automatic, but also has highly adjustable sights. So I, I'm I'm still looking. Well, that is great, and you know the the stock sights on the Ruger 1022 are not bad. They're not bad sights. We just have to make sure that, as a the instructor, that you make sure that you that you point out the correct uh, sight picture for that, because uh, because I've run into it over and over where where at times when we didn't point it out, at least early on, uh, we were telling people about the correct sight picture, how you want to have the uh, the front sight centered uh, with an equidistant between the two tabs, then the folks automatically do that. You know, they don't uh, put it into the little cup that it's supposed to be in. And then when they make adjustments, it doesn't do anything because because they're they're not doing anything. You know, they're, the adjustments are going up and down, but it's not changing their, their sight picture. So Yeah, I, I see that a lot of times. And uh, when I see someone make an adjustment on that and the, and the bullets don't adjust, I – I constantly, hey, just draw me what you see. Draw me what it, what you see on your eye, so I can, we can determine if that's the problem. Exactly, and that's a great way to do it. If just uh, they give you a quick sketch of what they're saying, and if you do see that front sight uh, right up there, flush and uh, level with the two ears on the stock, of the Ruger stock 1022 sights, then you know that that's what's happening. If it's not uh, sitting down in that cup and you know that that's the problem, and you can correct it. So that's great. What do you have on the agenda for tomorrow, Justin? Uh, tomorrow's the last day of the show. Um, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, we're, I'm going to try to hit everything, just kind of zigzag through everything that we haven't been. Uh, you know, I noticed today that uh, the, one of the, the floors is just so huge. I haven't even been on the left side of that floor. It's 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 overwhelming how big this place is. Wow. Wow, that is amazing. I'd love to go, but uh, right now it wasn't a great time. But listen, let me tell you guys, too, about – and uh, you're from Texas, right, Justin? No, I'm uh, from Southern California. Oh, from Southern California. Okay. All right. Well, there's another Justin that calls sometime. He's from from Texas. But I wanted to tell you guys that uh, uh, coming up in February, uh, there's the Dallas – Self-Reliance Expo. That's February 10th and 12th uh, of this year. And uh, they've got a lot of great stuff there just for, for folks that are uh, in the prepping community. And like I said, the the uh, self-reliance, uh, self-preparation is gone mainstream. And uh, we invite any of you guys to the Dallas Self-Reliance Expo, February 10th and, tw- 10th and 11th. And uh, the folks from Colorado have helped uh, secure us a table and uh, everything else. So we're going to be there uh, uh, representing the Appleseed Project. And and once again, let me ask you guys to to take a look at the uh, prepping community in your state and see if you can't uh, 
help weld the Appleseed Project and the uh, Self-Reliance folks together, all right, and uh, and see if we can't uh, if we can't get attached with their uh, projected growth for the uh, coming decade and uh, and benefit from that. Well, is there anybody that you'd like to say thanks to before you go in uh, Southern California, Justin? Well, you know, thanks to everyone, and thanks for uh, everyone that uh, that continues uh, to uh, support and to volunteer this program. Uh, on you know, uh, whether it be weekly, monthly, or what have you, any minute of uh, of, of your volunteering is is uh, you know is is I, I know it makes a difference. And uh, thank you, Scout, for everything that you do uh, every week, two hours a week, sitting. On, it it's inspiring. I appreciate it. Well, thanks, Justin, and thank you. Thank the guys from uh, from California for me when you see them. I'm going to try and uh, get out there this year if I can because uh, I'm always happy to toot uh, California's horn because they've done such a great job, all right? You know, everybody thought that California was going to be the toughest uh, nut to crack. Uh, they like to misspell California. They like to give it a hard time. And yet, California is uh, leading the nation. And I've always told folks, you know, you hear that saying, as California goes, so goes the nation. Well, I'm betting on that. I'm hoping that that's the case because California is doing gangbusters. Uh, we've got a rock-solid foundation of folks out there like you, Justin, that are uh, that are accepting the responsibility to ensure the freedoms and liberties that the founders of this nation uh, left in our care. And you guys are doing a gangbusters job, so... Thank you. Thank all the folks in California for me, and have a great time at the SHOT Show. And uh, and if you see anything spectacular there, uh, be sure and let me know this next week. Absolutely, and I'm going to try to get out to the villa this year as well. Well, hey, if you do, let me know. We've got uh, – we'll hold a place for you on the line, and uh, you will be my uh, my guest here. Uh, well, thank you so much, Scott. You have a great night. All right, you too. I'm not going to hang up, so don't hang up. If you're just going to listen, just keep listening. Thank you, Justin. All right. Bye. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, let me uh, let me tell you again that uh, the Self-Reliance Expo is in Dallas, February 10th and 11th, and uh, we'd like to have you guys come to it and to help yourselves out and see what's going on. But we also need to uh, – uh, we'd like to have a good presence there. Uh so the Texas uh, instructors, we'd like to have you come and help out with it and uh, and show the folks that are uh, driving all the way out from Colorado that uh, that we are interested in helping this project, this fantastic project that they've uh, been able to leverage and uh, that we're looking forward to helping them spread the word in uh, the state of Texas and helping to uh, to do our best to jump onto the uh, the uh, prepping communities uh, wagon and help the project grow. Uh, hopefully, at the the uh, the same rate that it's growing nationally. Uh, all right. Let's see that. Uh, I believe this is Jim from Colorado that is on here. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you. I heard you mention my name, so I thought maybe I'd call in and encourage people to go come to the Self-Reliance Expo in Dallas. Well, 
you probably you actually heard me mention somebody else's name because I called you Tim. I think when I yeah, first said it. Yeah, you sent me an email with Tim uh, also, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, Jim. I won't have to again. Welcome to the letter. show and give us a rundown on what's coming up. Okay. Uh, February, as you said, 10th and 11th. That's a Friday and Saturday. It's not Saturday, Sunday. It's Friday, Saturday. In Mesquite at the Mesquite uh, Convention Center. They're having a Self-Reliance Expo. They And when we did it in Salt Lake City, they had about 10,000 people show up. And we got to talk to a whole bunch of those folks. The people at the Self-Reliance Expo love Appleseed and our message. And they want to promote us as much as they can. So what they've done, they did this somewhat in South Lake, uh, Salt Lake City, but they're going to be doing this in Dallas and at least three other cities in the U.S., and possibly four. They gave us not only a booth space, their 10 by 10 foot booths are, go for about $1,000. They give us a 10 by 20 foot booth for free. Wow. And provide the electrical, absolutely everything is free for us. But besides that, they give us another 20 by 50 foot space to put in a pellet range. And Fred was gracious enough to donate us some pellet rifles, and so we set up a five-position pellet gun shooting range so we can get people, uh, kids, the adults, the other vendors, come by and shoot with us, shoot pellet guns. We give them safety instruction. We give them a little bit about side alignment and those kind of things, and we just let them shoot red coats and tell they're out of pellets. Wow. That is pretty amazing. I mean, because Um, that's mm -hmm. a huge draw. If you can actually put anything in somebody's hand and let them jack with it, man, they're going to flock there. Yep. And the people who are running the Self-Reliance Expo usually let people that are 12 and under in for free. But if they come in and specifically say that they want to shoot at the Appleseed booth, they let people 18 and under in for free. And so there's a plug, and they they do put us in all their advertising. Um, They've put us on a number of radio interviews that we've done, some video stuff. But what they're doing at this expo is they're giving us stage time. They're giving us uh, somewhere, let's see, five hours of stage time so we can hold a Liberty Seed both Friday and Saturday and then do, uh, uh, so we'll have two segments, an hour and a half for the Liberty Seed both days and then another hour some other time during the day where we can just tell stories, maybe do a little bit of marksmanship instruction, um, whatever we want to do. So they're donating uh, to about $25,000 worth of space, worth of uh, advertising anyway to us because they believe in our message. And they don't want to change our message. They like our message the way it is. That's fantastic. And I don't know if you heard earlier, but I was uh, tuning you guys' horn too because you guys have done an absolutely fantastic job. And I've been uh, I've been preaching about the prepping community for several years, but I think it's just now kind of dawning on folks that that this isn't this isn't a tinfoil hat group. This this is mainstream America now, and if yes, we can is. get on this bus with them uh, for the next decade. If we grow at the same uh, proportion that they are, uh, we're going to be set. Especially if we got the homeschoolers and the uh, the preppers together, we're going to we're going to be living life large. And you guys we have will. done a great job of setting this up. Well, thank you. The um, 
I was going to say something else about that. Well, I know oh, that you guys have, have been working on another project. I mean, I'm not even going to mm-hmm. say anything unless you want to talk about it, but I know you guys have been working on another project. Did you want to talk about that? Um, or you want to no. wait for another we'll, time? We'll, we'll wait. Yep. We'll okay. wait until after All the right. expo to talk about that. Well, well I'm just going to tell folks. I'll tell folks anyway that they're working on another project. It's uh, it's really great, and and we'll have uh, and Jim and his and it's your wife, isn't it? Yes, it is absolutely. Okay, Jim and his wife are on at a later date to talk about this, and you guys are going to be very excited about it. All right, so go ahead, uh, go ahead, Jim, and oh. finish telling me. So what I, I remember what I was going to say. What's interesting about the prepper community, uh, the people who show up to these uh, uh, preparedness shows. It's completely different than going to a gun show and setting up a booth. You can set up – I've done it a couple times without much response. You'll say you – know, you'll make eye contact with somebody, and they'll turn away at a gun show, or you'll you know, try and make a conversation, and I already know how to shoot and those kind of things. At both, we did a, a small show in Denver that only had about 6,000 people come through, and we talked to a good chunk of those. Um, but in Denver and Salt Lake City, everybody that we made contact with except for two couples – stopped and talked with us. We had guys who were in the Marines come by and after listening to us said, I could probably learn to shoot better. They, <laughs> the majority of people after, and they will talk with you as long as you engage them. Um, at Denver, we had uh, two of us on an eight-foot table because it was just, you know, sure, we'll do this. I uh, didn't know anything about it. We had people three deep at our table waiting to talk with us. The majority of people would shake our hands and say, thank you for what you're doing. Completely different crowd. Very, very receptive to what Appleseed is doing. Right, right, exactly. And and that is one of the whole points that I was trying to make about this, and that is it's a completely different crowd. And not only – not only are they – when you talk to gun culture folks and stuff like that, number one – they're they're very snooty because they either either they already know all there is to know about uh, uh, rifle marksmanship at least in their minds, or they're so unwilling to admit that they don't know anything that they're they're going to blow you off either way, and uh, right. or they're there just for some other reason. They're just there to buy a gun. They don't even care about shooting. They just want to have a, a a closet full of them. Uh, unlike the folks in the prepping community, the folks in the prepping community are dead serious about almost everything they do, and uh, and they also follow through because the reason they're doing this is to ensure their family and their community's safety, which means that they are, if they say they're going to show up a good deal of the time, they show up. And if you talk, if you stop and talk to them, they want to talk. Uh, so it's an absolutely great partnership uh, for Appleseed. Yeah, and it appears to fill the lines. Um, the shoot after Salt Lake City was in Kaysville. It was two or three weeks later, and half of their line, they had to turn a couple people away. More than half of their line were there because of the Preparedness Expo. About two, let's see, it was sometime last month, We Kim and I did a shoot in Gunnison, Colorado, which is a very small community way up in the it, – it's one of the coldest places in the country most of the time. Um, and – of the 10 shooters there, eight showed up because they heard an interview that I had done uh, that resulted from the uh, Salt Lake City Expo. And these were guys in Colorado because the 
the interview was broadcast uh, nationally. And they heard, uh, one of the people heard that and said, I need to go to Appleseed, and he brought seven other people with him. He is, uh, when he shoots riflemen, he wants to be an instructor. So you never know uh, who's going to show up, or uh, just like any promotion, you never know what grabs them and gets people to, to show up. But it seems that the Self-Reliance Expos are a good venue for getting people, uh, they can hear our message now at the Liberty Seeds that we do at the shows, or will be doing. But also it gets people on the line, and it might get people throughout the entire country because it is a national venue. Right. Well, uh, I'm going to be there, and I know that uh, we have quite a few other uh, who are planning on uh, being there to help out. And uh, you guys just uh, you point us in the, the charge, and uh, and that's what we'll do. Because, Absolutely. Uh, I think it's very important. Uh, I'm going to go on, uh, and I'll talk to you more about this uh, at another sure. time. But I'm going to, I'm going to uh, 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 try and hook you up with the uh, in the next week or two with the folks uh, when you have time, with the yep. the rest of the radio folks that I know, the rest of the podcast folks, so mm-hmm. that you can uh, you can put the message on there too. Well, okay. Them. And then. Uh, We'll try and round up as many folks as we can to uh, to head out there and then do the best job because I think this is going to give a great big boost uh, to Texas right now. But you said that there are some other states that they're getting ready to roll into. So right. hopefully you can take the Salt Lake lessons and the Texas lessons and then push that into the next couple of states and, uh, and really make this uh, turn into a tsunami. And what I originally called in for, I haven't said yet. Uh, it would be great if the Appleseed community supported these expos also by showing up and seeing what they have to offer. Um, just uh, This expo is giving us so much. They're, these people are just uh, overwhelmingly generous with what they're doing. It would be nice if the folks in the Dallas area dropped by to see what the rest of the expo is about. Um, so a little plug for them. I'm not I'm not affiliated at all with them at all. But uh, you know, it would it, it would be nice for for Appleseed to to help these people out also. Well, absolutely. And I, I'm going to encourage the folks, even though folks that don't want to come and help us work, I'm going to oh, encourage the rest saying, of the folks come by and come, see the show. Right, come by and see the show. And uh, and if you're there anyway, no reason that you can't wear an Appleseed T-shirt to help uh, to help the other folks see it because. Uh, if, I, if, if if folks see a bunch of different folks wearing Appleseed T-shirts and stuff like that, it, it can only help to generate the buzz that uh, we would certainly like to have. That's right. Yep. More more visual presence. Exactly. Well, anything else that uh, that you'd you know, like that. to get out to uh, uh, to the folks while we got you on the line? Um. No. I, that's about it. I, okay. I know two of the cities that the, the expos will be at. One will be Colorado Springs, where uh, my wife and I live. So that'll be easy for us. And the other again is Salt Lake City. But uh, they will have one, well, one in the northwest. They've been talking between uh, Spokane and Seattle, and they're they're not sure when that will happen or uh, where that'll happen. And then they're also uh, possibly looking at some place in Pennsylvania. They've never done anything. Uh, east of the Mississippi, and they're hoping uh, to maybe break into that market. So 
there are other venues for sure. The ones that will be besides Texas will be Colorado Springs and Salt Lake City. All right. Well, listen. Ooh, how about that's what uh, I got. Take how about uh, if you can spare the time. How about making sure that you pop on the show uh, every Thursday until the event happens, so that you can give us updates. Okay. I will do that. I'd be glad. All to. right. That way, uh, that way we keep the show in front of the uh, folks and uh, and keep reminding them. And hopefully, uh, other folks will say, you know what, uh, those guys have a, a pretty good uh, idea about this. It was pretty smart of them to tap into this community because they're getting such re- good results from it. I may do the same thing, and uh, and they can get started themselves. And I'm sure that if you guys need any. Uh, any ideas or, or if you need some information on how to get started doing this, if you contact, uh, what's your, on the forum, what's your name? I'm one shot, one hole, because I can do that one, every time. There you go, one shot. <laughs> That's pretty good. You can uh, contact uh, uh, one shot, one hole on the forum, and I'm sure and my you wife would be is... glad to divulge any information uh, that uh, can be of help to you. And my wife is prone to knit. Prone to net, and Prone that's a net. very uh, that's a very lovely handle. Yeah. Well, she her passion is knitting socks and hats for the military. She's done hundreds of pairs of socks and and uh, warm weather hats that have been in Afghanistan, uh, uh, Iraq, uh, other places. And her passion is knitting, giving something tangible, personal to the soldiers who are protecting our freedoms. And, yeah, and listen, so she wanted. I- she wanted something that merged the shooting with uh, with knitting, so it's prone to knit. And that's a that is a very uh, that's a very big thing. And, and if you haven't been in the military, you may not understand it. But I'm telling you right now, if you if any time you're overseas and you get anything at all, a postcard, anything, it's a huge thing. If somebody were were to have sent me a handmade hat or a pair of socks. Uh, that would probably that would probably keep my uh, keep me buoyed up for a month. So uh, so it's no small thing. Thank her for doing that for me. I Thank will. you both of you for doing what you're doing now. Keep on going, and I look forward to meeting you in February. And I look forward to talking to you again uh, this next okay. Thursday. I will give Thank you a call. Thank you, Jim. All right. Thank you, Scott. All right. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Uh, so once again, that is. Uh, February 10th and 11th in uh, at the Dallas Self-Reliance Expo. If you need any more uh, information on that, be sure and contact uh, One Shot One Hole on the forum, or you can contact uh, me, or you can contact uh, 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 Prone to Knit, and uh, we'll be glad to uh, to give you the information that we have. We look forward to seeing everybody, and we hope that we have a a good crew on. Uh, that shows up from uh, Texas. All right, it, uh, I'm telling you that uh, that this is going to be a huge benefit uh, to certainly to the Texas program. And uh, if we can get you guys involved in it in your own area, it's going to be a huge benefit everywhere that this gets done. All right, uh, if anybody else calls in, we'll still be glad to take your calls, but right now uh, I don't have a whole lot of time left, but I want to talk to you real quick and begin the story. We're not going to do it all tonight. 
Uh, but I want to begin the story that I've kind of talked to you about uh, at different times in the past, and that's the Burgoyne campaign. Uh, in the winter of uh, 1777, the British general John Burgoyne, who was, he was known to his troops as Gentleman Johnny, he came back from London uh, where he'd gone to – he'd been in America, and he came back to London after he, he'd played really a, a negligible role in the Boston and New York campaigns. He really hadn't done a whole lot, and he, and he wasn't that well-liked by some of the other commanders, which certainly had a lot to do with him not uh, him not having any leading uh, parts in it. But after he advanced his social position by his marriage with the, the daughter of the Earl of Derby, he'd also distinguished himself in the campaigns in Portugal during the, the end of the Seven Years' War. And he got something of a reputation as a, a moderate, by his stand in Parliament on the American question, which meant that, you know, he wasn't one of the hawks saying, uh, you know, let's go and and, uh, and slaughter the uh, the colonist, and he wasn't one of the folks that was uh, that was pushing them to do what they please. He was he was more of a middle of the road voice. <clears throat> so he had kind of a unique uh, perspective there. Uh, and he was also a, a playwright. You know, he'd, he'd written several plays, but now he had worked out, and this was uh, uh, during the winter of 1777, he'd worked out a uh, kind of a grand strategy uh, to bring the war to a speedy conclusion. And the strategy wasn't really it wasn't entirely original in its conception you know back in 1776 carlton had had a similar notion right but uh but due to a, a combination of things one was the the resistance on uh on the part of benedict arnold who had been resistant to carlton's idea and also the to pro- procrastination on the part of uh sir william howe doomed the previous attempt to capture and divide the state of New York to failure. Uh, it just didn't go anywhere. Nobody was really on it. Arnold didn't want to do it, and Howe didn't want to uh, – uh, he, he didn't want to do anything at that time. <clears throat> so uh, Burgoyne – Took over his took over the plan. He didn't take it over. He just he bought up a plan himself, and it was really more imaginative than than any of the uh, proposed uh, plans yet. And on paper, it, it looked really good. It seemed foolproof. Anyway, he had a his design was uh, uh, his design was a three pronged attack to isolate New England. And it provided for a main army to push southward down from uh, Lake Champlain, the upper Hudson, and an auxiliary force to operate from Oswego through the Mohawk Valley, and uh, also for a strong force to be dispatched by Howe up the Hudson. So King George's comment, and this is in a manuscript in his own hand over in the British Museum, that the force from Canada must join him, 
and they're talking about how, at Albany, uh, reveals that the monarchy originally favored Burgoyne's coordinated knockout blow. All right, so George was George was on this too, and so did Germain at first. But the head of the colonial department approved the plan and gave the command of the expedition to Burgoyne instead of to General Carleton, who was a commander of the British forces in Canada, outranked him. But on March 3rd, Germain also approved Howe's plan for an attack on Philadelphia in the uh, rather impracticable belief that Howe could complete his mission in time to return and effect a juncture with Burgoyne. All right? Now, these are the troops that are that uh, were stationed in Canada. Uh before leaving Canada, Burgoyne saw Howe's letter to Carleton stating that unless Washington attempted to join the Northern American Army, he could give Burgoyne no help. Now, at that stage, there was, there was really no indication that Burgoyne was uh, upset about this, right? There, at least there was nothing that's written down or nothing that he said that said that he was angry about it. And even as late as August 23rd, it's really clear from a letter from Germain that Howe had been given a free hand and how he was going to uh, execute his part in the attack. I mean, he was the one that was supposed to be attacking uh, up from the on the Hudson. Okay, the documents, these letters and stuff, really explode the myth that Howe did not go north to relieve Burgoyne because Germain forgot to tell him about the plan, which was the story that was later on told by William Knox, who's the undersecretary for the Colonial Department. Uh, it's, it's very obvious that Howe knew all about this, all right? Uh, let's see, and he also wrote that uh, had Burgoyne's plan succeeded, it would have been a grave blow to the Patriot cause, but it failed. And with this failure, an entire British army vanished. Burgoyne's disaster may properly be considered a turning point of the war. It's true, there were six years, uh, six more years lay ahead until peace was made, but it was now apparent that the capture and holding of the interior of the American continent would involve an effort far beyond the resources of the British to achieve. And this was clearly the case once France entered the war, an involvement undoubtedly precipitated by the collapse of Burgoyne's brand, uh, grand design. Okay, so Burgoyne has uh, the idea that they're going to uh, attack this three-pronged attack. And you guys uh, know that I've talked, I've spoken to you this before because uh, this also uh, uh, involves the uh, uh, the Mohawk Valley and Fort Stanwix, and uh, it involves the uh, 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 the battle the. Uh, uh, I just had a momentary brain freeze. The Battle of uh, uh, Oriskany, all right, and uh, which is one of uh, one of the one of the most interesting battles from the uh, American Revolutionary War to me. All right, uh, one of the things that I wanted to tell you about is it's at this point <clears throat> uh, part of Burgoyne's plan was to enlist the aid uh, of the uh, Six Nations and to enlist the, the aid of the Indians. And, and this is where it got really dirty because uh, here they had uh, 
they had brought over foreign troops, the Hessians, the mercenaries, to fight. And the mercenaries had done, you know, they were they were fierce fighters and uh, really good at uh, at winning their battles. But they also uh, brought in uh, what are like immoral elements. They had raped and pillaged uh, everywhere they'd gone, which had inflamed the occupied forces and uh, lost a great deal of the areas that had been secured by the uh, British regulars. To it lost the hearts and minds of the folks because if this was a treatment they were to expect uh, from for their king and country, which is loyal Tories, uh, loyal to the king, were going to be robbed and raped as well as uh, the rebels. Uh, it caused them to shift their support over to the rebels. Now, Burgoyne enlists the aid of the Indians in attacking up and down the frontier and in uh, staging attacks on the outposts uh, uh, and on the cities and towns of the colonists. Once again, the Indians are not a uh, – they're not uh, what you would call precision-guided munitions. Uh, uh, if it was hard for a Hessian – for a British, I mean, for a German mercenary to tell who was a uh, who was a loyal and who was a rebel, I can guarantee you it's going to be hard for an Indian. And the Indians also knew that the scalp, whether it came from a, a loyal or a rebel, was worth just the same amount of money. All right, let me read to you, and I'm going to read to you from uh, the uh, book, The Spirit of '76. And this is put out by Castle Books. And I've told you before, the reason I read the, the read this book to you when we're talking about history is because uh, you can read a history book, and it will. And what that person who wrote that book did is they've gone and they read the documents about that battle, and then they've interpreted it, and however they interpret it, and put it together, and they give you their idea of the interpretation. What this book does is it allows you to read the letters yourself, and you can interpret it. Uh, how you see fit. So these are the actual letters written by the folks who were there and who participated. Okay, this is uh, the letter from uh, Thomas Anbury, who was a lieutenant in the British Army. And this was from a uh, camp on the River Bouquet on Lake Champlain, June 24, 1777. When the assembly were met, the general thus, uh, thus addressed them by means of an interpreter. Now, what had happened here is... Uh, Burgoyne had gotten together uh, the tribes, and uh, uh, he uh, was speaking. He was he was using them as allies, and uh, and was speaking to them to get them to begin their warfare upon the colonists. Now, one of the reasons that the the Indians were allied with the British was because the British. Uh, had a rule of keeping the colonists from expanding their territories, all right, because it was not in the British interest that the colonists expand uh, inland. Because when you start expanding, when the colonies started expanding inland, the further they got from the coast, then the further they got from purchasing British uh, supplies. And they, and the uh, the main trading partner partner of the colonials had been Great Britain. They 
Matter of fact, they well, they would place tariffs and forbid trading with other nations because they considered uh, the colonies to be a British holding, and the colonies were there to buy from England. But the problem is, is that the farther the, the colonists got from the coast, then the farther they got from buying supplies. If you were a colonist and you move far enough inland, then it no longer benefits you to buy something uh, from uh, 5,000 miles away. It's better if you make it yourself. And if you're making it yourself, <clears throat> then and you're already making it, why not make enough that you can sell the rest for profit? And uh, and thereby commerce is, uh, or industry is born, and this industry is in competition with the British goods. So they didn't want the colonists expanding inward, because if they expanded inward, then they would have to set up their own industry to supply themselves. And if they supplied themselves locally, then why not uh, why not grow bigger and expand and supply themselves uh, across the 13 colonies? <clears throat> so they wanted to keep the colonists from expanding, and so did the Indians. They wanted to keep the colonists from expanding and taking the Indians' tribal land. And uh, so the Indians and the British regulars and the, the English were allies. <clears throat> so Burgoyne has gotten the their Indians allied together, and he's giving them a speech which is being interpreted uh, to the Indians. All right, here he goes. Chiefs and warriors, the great king, our common father, and the patron of all who seek and deserve his protection, has considered with satisfaction the general conduct of the Indian tribes from the beginning of the Troubles in America. Too sagacious and too faithful to be deluded or corrupted, they observe the violated rights of the parental power they love and burn to vindicate them. A few individuals alone, the refuse of a small tribe at the first were led astray, and their misrepresentations, the specious allurements, the insidious promises and diversified plots in which the rebels are exercised, and all of which they employed for that effect, have served only in the end to enhance the honor of the tribes in general by demonstrating to the world how few and how contemptible are the apostates. It is a truth known to you all that these pitiful examples accepted, and they have probably before this day hid their faces in shame, the collective voices and hands of the Indian tribes over this vast continent are on the side of justice, of law, and the king. The clemency of your father has been abused. The offers of his mercy have been despised. And his father patience would, in his eyes, become culpable, inasmuch as it would withhold redress from the most grievous oppressions in the provinces of mankind. It therefore remains for me, the general of one of his majesty's armies, his representative, to release you from those bonds which your obedience imposed. Warriors, you are free. 
Go forth in might and valor of your cause. Strike at the common enemies of Great Britain and America. Disturbers of public order, peace, and happiness. Destroyers of commerce. Parasites of state. The general then directed their attentions by pointing to the officers, both German and British, that attended this meeting and proceeded. The circle round you, the chiefs of His Majesty's European forces and of the princes, his allies, esteem you as brothers in the war, emulous in glory, and in friendship we will endeavor reciprocally to share and strive to imitate your perseverance in enterprise and your consistency to resist hunger, weariness, and pain. Be it our task, from the dictates of our religion, the laws of our warfare, and the principles and interests in our policy, to regulate your passions when they overbear to the point where it is nobler to spare than to revenge. To discriminate degrees of guilt, to suspend the uplifted stroke, to chastise, and not to destroy. This war, to you, my friends, is new. Upon all former occasions in taking the field, you held yourself authorized to destroy wherever you came, because of everywhere you found an enemy. The case is now very different. The king has many faithful subjects dispersed in the provinces, Consequently, you have many brothers there, and these people are more to be pitied than they are persecuted or imprisoned wherever they are discovered or suspected, and to dissemble to a generous mind is a yet more grievous punishment. Persuaded that your magnanimity of character joined to your principles of affection to the king will give me fuller control over your minds than the military rank with which I am invested. I enjoin your most serious attention to the rules, which I hereby proclaim in your invariable observation during the campaign. After answering, Itao, Itao, in their language, signifying approbation, they appeared to pay very great attention to the interpreter, eager to catch the general's instruction. He continues, I positively forbid bloodshed when you are not opposed and armed. Aged men, women, children, and prisoners must be held sacred from the knife or hatchet, even in time of actual conflict. You shall receive compensation for the prisoners you take, but you shall be called to account for the scalps. In conformity and indulgence of your customs, which have affixed an idea of honor to such badges of victory, you shall be allowed to take the scalps of the dead when killed by your fire and in fair opposition, but on no account or pretense or subtlety or provocation are they to be taken from the wounded or even from the dying, and still less pardonable, if possible, will it be held to kill men in that condition upon purpose, and upon a supposition that this protection to the wounded would be thereby evaded. Base, lurking assassins, incendiaries, ravagers, and plunderers of the country, to whatever army they belong, shall be treated with less reserve. 
but the latitude must be given you by order, and I must be the judge on the occasion. Should the enemy on their parts dare to countenance acts of barbarity toward those who may fall into their hands, it shall be yours also to retaliate. But till this severity be thus compared, there immovable in your hearts this solid maxim, in parentheses, it cannot be too deeply impressed, that the great essential reward, the worthy service of your alliance, the sincerity of your zeal to the king, your father, and your never-failing protector, will be examined and judged upon the test only of your steady and uniform adherence to the orders and counsels of those to whom his majesty has entrusted the direction and honor of his arms. After the general finished his speech, they all of them cried out, Itao, Itao, Itao! And after remaining some time in consultation, an old chief of the Iroquois stood, rose up, and made the following answer. I stand up in the name of all the nations present to assure our father that we have attentively listened to his discourse. We receive you as our father because when you speak, we hear the voice of our great father beyond the great lake. We rejoice in the approbation you have expressed of our behavior. We have been tried and tempted by the Bostonians, but we have loved our father and our, our hatchets have been sharpened upon our affections. In proof of the sincerity of our professions, our whole villages able to go to war are come forth. The old and infirm, our infants and wives alone remain at home. With one common assent, we promise a constant obedience to all you have ordered and all you shall order, and may the Father of days give you many and success. After the cheek of the Iroquois had finished, they all as before cried out, Itau, 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 and the meeting broke up. Well, there you have it. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure that there was nothing at all lost in translation. And uh, and I'll tell you this next week about uh, some of the events that happened immediately after that including a, a perfect example, which was the murdering and scalping of one of the British officers' wives right there by, by the tribal members he had just finished inflaming. So <clears throat> we're going to continue on in the next couple of weeks discussing the uh, Burgoyne's campaign because, as you're saying, this really was the turning point of the war. Uh, the the colonists lost Ticonderoga, and then they then it ends up <clears throat> with the defeat of the British and the defeat of Burgoyne's campaign. And <clears throat> after this, there were another six years of war. But the reality was, it the war had been lost at that point. So we're gonna we're gonna continue to discuss this uh, over the next couple of weeks and. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh, who tuned into the show tonight and uh, and everybody who called in and all the guys in the chat room. Uh, thank you very much. And I uh, look forward to seeing you this next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. I also want to thank the uh, call screener. As I said, he's been with me for the last couple of years, does an absolutely fantastic job, and uh, and I certainly thank him.
All right, guys, uh, until next Thursday, uh, we will see you uh, at 7 p.m. I'm going to leave you with uh, uh, Poker Faces Freedom. Uh, Good night, everybody. Stand up.